Hello, listeners. Matt here. Hey, are you Pottern family? Go on Twitter and search the hashtag Pottern family or follow at Pottern family to find a bevy of great podcasts, including this one. That's hashtag Pottern family or at Pottern family on Twitter. By the way, spoiler alert, this podcast will be talking about the most recent episode of the show that it covers. So if you're not caught up, come back when you are if you don't want to be spoiled. Don't worry, we'll be here waiting. Part of the Rewatching Good TV Network. It's Ragnar Cast, a Vikings podcast. And now here's your host, Matt Murdick. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Ragnar Cast, which will remain named the Ragnar Cast despite what happened this week. And I'm talking about the fact that we are covering Season 4, Episode 15, All His Angels, written by Michael Hurst, directed by Kieran Donnelly. And it first aired on December 28th, 2016, and was viewed by an estimated 2.26 million viewers on its first run. Of course, the events of that episode might make you think, well, maybe Matt shouldn't have called it the Ragnar cast. No, Ragnar will live on uh, throughout all of these other characters. Um, Their remembering of him, I'm sure, will influence decisions that they make in the future. So it's still the Ragnar cast. My name is Matt Murdock, and I am from RagnarCast.wordpress.com. That's where you can find all of the back episodes of the podcast. You can also find our contact links like RagnarCast at gmail.com if you want to send me an email, or tweeting at RagnarCast on Twitter if you want to tweet me, or you can call 314-669-1840 and leave a voicemail to contact me. Be sure to say that you're leaving the feedback for the RagnarCast so that I put it in the proper bin in order to use for whatever podcasts that all all the podcasts that that line serves. Uh, It's also where you can find podcast app links. And I really appreciate the fact that Gilly Girl 1 in the U.S. iTunes store took the time to leave a written review uh, this past week on December 27th. Thank you very much, Gilly Girl 1 in the U.S. iTunes store. You can do that too. Just follow those podcast app links and leave a review For this podcast, the written kind helps me most. It helps me stay more noticeable among the other podcasts covering this show and uh, Vikings podcasts that are covering the football team. Um, So your help is appreciated there. We're marching into 2017 minus one of our beloved characters on this show, Vikings. And, And normally I come away from an episode with thoughts about, you know, the future of the show. And this episode, I do have some, but... I don't know if if it's nearly as much as I usually have, because this episode was much more of just this kind of long goodbye to Ragnar, and of course that's fitting. I did read an article in uh, Entertainment Weekly that stated Ragnar's death scene had actually been filmed in the middle of winter last year, over a year ago. And I guess I want to say, first off, hats off to the production uh, and everybody involved in the production for being able to keep a secret as to when this would finally air. I'm sure that people were aware that it had been filmed, but um, you didn't really see the writing on the wall. I mean, it was still nearly three quarters of a complete season to air before this episode came out, and it takes some doing to keep that hidden, right? Uh, And of course, those of us who know the Ragnar legend uh, would have known that this day would come eventually. But I was also surprised to find out in that very same article that uh, Hearst had actually intended to have Ragnar's death happen at the end of season one. Can you imagine that? Travis, of course, was so good that he ended up kind of entrapping himself to be in the series for 300% 
300 or 350% longer than he intended to be. Uh, but of course, I'm glad to have had it worked out that way because Travis has really made this character of Ragnar human. Not necessarily always likable, but at least human. And uh, I, I think even the real, the, the series that uh, sometimes has accompanied this show, uh, there's a four-part series on the History Channel called Real Vikings um, that has cast members talking to archaeologists about the real Vikings and what they were like and all of this stuff. Uh, but that show has an intro. It says, like, Vikings follows a man named Ragnar's meteoric rise from simple farmer to king. Uh, you know, something like that. Um, so even now that Travis is gone, I, I do feel like Ragnar's presence in the lives of the people of Kattegat and in the entire Viking nations will continue to live on through them, even as we uh, go further on into the series. And this episode really has some great quotes to show that, which brings us to our first segment, uh, which is the Ragnarism. That's your favorite quotes from the episode. Might have to change that one since we don't have Ragnar anymore. Maybe we'll call it the Vikingism or something. Nah, we'll still call it the Ragnarism. Um, but via email, Kate uh, actually had suggested four, but some of them were shared by other people. Uh, but the whole Be Ruthless from Ragnar to Ivar and the talk with the seer. Thank you for submitting those via email, Kate. Uh, Sigin said, for me, this week there can only be one Ragnarism, the famous words from his saga, how the little piglets would grunt if they knew how the old boar suffers. That's the scene when he walks himself over to the cage. Ayla can't touch him. He has chosen. I loved it. So Ragnar. Via Twitter, our friend Shanna at xhanna91 uh, said when Ragnar is talking to his vision of the seer, some really great stuff there. I agree. And then we have this from Bridget as well as a suggestion. Hi, this is Bridget for my Ragnarism. Um, I'm going to go with the quote from Ragnar. Um, it's important to me, and it is, I shall not enter Odin's Hall with fear, which meant so much to the Vikings. And let's not forget, this show's called The Vikings. <laughs> and there you go. So, here are your Ragnarisms for this week. If this Hela is going to kill you, then me and all my brothers will seek her for revenge, and you know that. Yes. Oh, you must seek revenge. But not on Hela. And I and your gods are wrong. You see, I guided my fate. I fashioned the course of my life and my death. Me. Not you, not the gods. Me. This was my idea. To come here to die. You believe that? So it is true to you? I don't believe in the gods' existence. Man is the master of his own fate, not the gods. The gods are man's creation to give answers that they are too afraid to give themselves. You may be right, Ragnar Lothbrok. I am only the seer. I have walked among the lowest of the dead. And I have groped for meaning. And I may have been wrong. What did you say? Or didn't say anything? the little piggies will grunt when they hear 
It gladdens me to know that Odin prepares for a feast. Soon I shall be drinking ale from curved horns. This hero that comes into Valhalla does not lament his death. I shall not enter Odin's hall with fear. There, I shall wait for my sons to join me. And when they do, I will bask in their tales of triumph. The Aesir will welcome me. My death comes without apology. And I welcome the Valkyries to summon me home. And some great quotes there. Uh, all, all of those were my favorites as well, so I didn't select one for myself. That was good stuff. But uh, let's get to talking about this episode, as painful as it's going to be. And I think I want to start my main discussion with actually with Ivar. I loved how the scene with Ragnar showed just how much Ragnar there is in Ivar. And we've seen that before in the show, but Ragnar was inspiring even more of himself within Ivar with his words. Um, We heard a good portion of that uh, in the Ragnarisms. But the moment that I actually loved more than anything else was when Ivar was like jokingly questioning about his own anger. And then uh, when he tells Ragnar he was joking and he, pops him on the head. That was just such a, a Ragnar kind of trait in itself, was it not? It was just a great moment. And and it said a lot too because the great deceiver the Ragnar is and has been was finally deceived himself for a second until Ivar kind of let him in on the joke. I mean, he was going, "No, no, no, you can't you can't be happy." You have to be angry. That's what makes you great. And and Ivar's like, you idiot, I'm joking. That was the moment that like this true mantle of leadership was passed on from father to son, or you could see that the son had done it. I mean, handing over the band was, of course, really the sobering moment of the reality for both of them. And that was that was horrifically sad. Um, that was probably more emotionally moved by that that moment with Ivar when he handed the the uh, the band over um then by Ragnar's actual death and Ragnar can now carry his people on his back well after death uh i mentioned this last week how Aslog seemed to be plotting revenge for after her death and this is what Ragnar is doing as well and not only is he taking out Eckbert through Ivar, but he's also sealing his position as a great Viking who did go to Valhalla, right? Um, Through resisting the temptation and everything, making the great speech. But Eckbert is the only one who really knows, um, or at least the only person in England now who truly knows that Ragnar's been questioning the validity of any gods. So by making sure that Ivar kills Eckbert, he makes certain that that secret will remain safe as well, and that's for the good of Ragnar's people. Uh, of course, don't forget that Ragnar, he didn't go as far as he did with Ekbert, but he also kind of relayed his independence to Ivar. But I feel like that was to inspire Ivar to not blindly follow the gods and to be unpredictable the way he asks him to be and to be angry, you know, to, to revolt and to think for himself, and to be unpredictable. And Ragnar, I think, sees so much of himself in Ivar that, of course, he has to choose him to be the next leader. And I guess we'll have to wait a little bit to see if Ivar becomes as great a leader as Ragnar does, or maybe even better. The show has really done an excellent job of establishing Ivar so far, 
as really the best heir to the leadership, maybe him or Bjorn. But out of all of the other sons, those two seem to be the most predominant. And, um, you know, you'll have, well, I'll just have to see how that plays out. I don't know how closely uh, Hearst is going to follow the historical legend from here on out uh, regarding Ivar or Bjorn or any of the other sons. But uh, it, it sure seems like that they really set this Ivar character up to be a great ruler, um, or if not a great ruler, at least the next ruler. But you have to ask what exactly that future will entail for Ivar. I mean, obviously, he's going to want to take his revenge on Eckbert because daddy told him to, right? But I also can't help but feel that he's going to want his revenge on Ayla as well, despite Ragnar directing him to not necessarily do that, but to take it out on Eckbert. The only question is, is how far will Ivar's revenge on Eckbert go, right? Because it it seems to me that he definitely want to take out Aethelwolf as well, just if nothing else, for the way that he had Ragnar beaten, you know, and the condition he was in when Ivar saw him in the cage. But will it go just that far? I mean, you might hope perhaps so because of the way we saw Ivar and Alfred establish at least a semi-respectful relationship during that uh, chess game. I mean, that was a wonderfully economic couple of scenes there. Um, the chess game, the handing of the piece to Ivar, uh, when Ivar was being taken to the ship. But you can also look at it as the chess match itself being a foreshadowing of Alfred and Ivar battling one another. And I guess, as I said last week, with Athelstan's blood within Alfred, he's already shown more tolerance towards the Vikings than Aethelwolf or maybe even Eckbert, even though Eckbert does have a friendship or a perceived friendship with Ragnar. So you have to ask, is it possible that they could be setting up a partnership between Alfred and Ivar? Um, Or, uh, you know, I think that Ragnar wants a settlement in England eventually, but I don't know whether Ragnar figured it would be by force or by peace through Athelstan. Um, The chess match is an interesting way to look at it because I think you could take it from their reactions to each other to, to be hopeful that they could find peace or you could take the chess match itself to mean that they're going to battle one another. Um, but we will have to see with that. Time's going to tell. But in the immediate future, after Ivar, of course, returns to Kattegat, we have that conversation with him and Uba and Sigurd. And Ivar was gripping that chess piece so hard that it was cutting into his hands and the blood was just flowing out. And you could see that anger that Ragnar spoke of just awakening probably to the most powerful state that we've seen it to date. And I honestly feel like that wouldn't bode too well for Lagatha. Um, At least you would think that because it seems like he's pretty mad about mommy being killed by Lagatha. And again, I go back to the seer saying about Ragnar returning being a calamity for Kattegat. It was all of this put into motion um, by Ragnar's return. And is this foreshadowing uh, or an indication that there might be a civil war between Lagatha supporters and Ivor supporters or Lagatha supporters and the other Sun supporters. And um, I really feel like in the next episode, we're going to see the trend, uh, which way ever it's going to go um, starting uh, this coming week. And I guess while we're here at Kattegat, there is that one last thing to talk about, and that is the man who is like missing one eye coming on the boat. Um, I'm not sure who this is exactly. I've got some thoughts about that in a little bit, but um, it's bound to be interesting. And in that same Entertainment Weekly article that I mentioned earlier, there was a, a promise from the writer of that article that they would take a deeper look at this new character once the new episode airs this week. So you might want to look at uh, EW.com after the episode airs this week to see if they give any more of the skinny on who this guy is. I'm sure we're going to find more out about him in the very next episode. Um, You don't set somebody up at the end of the episode and then not see him at the beginning of the episode or throughout the next episode at some point. So it's just a matter of how much detail they go into uh, initially and whether any of it's true, right? 
Um, but uh, I'm sure that uh, we'll start to get some of those answers as uh, we go on throughout the series. I, I think the next person that I want to focus on, because uh, I'm trying to save Ragnar for last, is Eckbert. Because there, there's there's a couple of things that I've been asking questions about all season um, that uh, kind of got answered this week. And that was uh, the thing about him and Judith. Obviously, that thing is still going on strong. We see in this episode that they still seem quite intimate with each other. So I suppose that I can guess that Aethelwolf has just accepted this. I mean, I don't think that Aethelwolf really wanted anything to do with Judith, even before the Quinthrith thing. But I, I just wonder if Aethelwolf did find out that Judith killed Quinthrith, and if he even cares. Um, it seems like that that would be a, a critical piece of knowledge as to whether Aethelwolf was still in court or not. Has, has the truth been held from him? Uh, at any rate, Eckbert is still with Judith, obviously. But... I have to say that in this episode, um, I felt for Eckbert because just as much as Eckbert has grown to care for Ragnar, I mean, he is also completely fallen for Ragnar's deception. Ragnar has made Eckbert trust him to the point where he sees Ragnar as nothing more than a friend. And Ragnar's whole intention was to take revenge on Eckbert uh, in some way, as well as to kind of atone for his own sins in terms of uh, the Paris thing and all of that. And Athelstan, he, he, Ragnar came here to die, but he also came here to get Eckbert taken care of in one way or another. And when one way didn't work, then another way had to be come up with, and this is the way that he came up with. But he is completely fooled Eckbert. Eckbert thinks that Ragnar is dying as Eckbert's friend, and I think you can definitely uh, gather from that conversation between Ragnar and Ivar that nothing could be further from the truth. And the thing that kind of disappoints me in a way is that I've always seen Eckbert as being much more clever than that. I mean, that whole take me to Ayla's and my sons will take vengeance on him rather than you bit, you know, the fact that he went for that shows that he was just thinking, oh man, if Ragnar's sons take out Ayla, maybe I can consolidate that into more power for myself at some point. Um, Ragnar played on Eckbert's greed and, and need for power perfectly and has completely deceived him. But I think that the only way Eckbert ever got this far in the first place was being able to not be fooled by things like this. He's a master of manipulation himself. Why didn't he recognize that? Um, to the point where he's doing this uh, walk of atonement for himself and he's put on Athelstan's robes just so that he can go see Ragnar die because he wants to be there for him as a friend. Which, again, is nothing that Ragnar really wants. And again, Ragnar kind of says to Eckbert the real truth of how he feels about the gods and everything and and what exactly he's going to do and Eckbert sees him carry that through Eckbert has to die now because he could ruin it for all of the Vikings if Ragnar's reputation is destroyed in such a manner do you think Floki would want to do anything in Ragnar's name if he found out what Ragnar told Eckbert but Michael Hurst um, has said recently that this episode, All His Angels, is, is kind of the part two of last week's episode, the Ep 4. And uh, it does feel like a direct continuation, like one film divided in half, and it feels most that way to me because of Eckbert. Um, but there was that great bookend for this episode with Ragnar telling Eckbert that he would make that great speech that he didn't believe in, and Eckbert actually witnessing that speech. Uh, and like I said, that's why predominantly um, Eckbert must die uh, in, in, in addition, as far as Ragnar was concerned, to getting revenge for the settlement. Now, I have to say that uh, Linus Roach really did a fantastic job with this episode as well as the last episode. 
even in that scene where he said goodbye to Judith without even really saying a word, all of the emotion was there. And I've got some feedback uh, stating Eckbert's resemblance to how we picture Odin, which is an interesting observation to be sure. I'll read that feedback in, in a little bit. Um, but I guess now we really kind of have to get to the only character left to cover for this episode. And sadly, of course, that's Ragnar. And sadly, it's the last time we're likely to ever see him again. And I guess you have to go back and start with that conversation with Ivar from the moment that Ragnar first returned at the time jump um, start you know, through the first episode where he kind of challenged everyone to, you know, take the kingship from him. Uh, and you run that all the way through to Ragnar's last meeting. You could see the direction Ragnar was taking uh, in retrospect, of course, not that you could predict it. Um, but even in when he was first challenging the boys, the way he simply touched Ivar's head when he first returned to Kattegat, that showed that he felt that Ivar was special. And, the culmination of, of Ragnar's last words kind of mark that entire journey that he's taken with Ivar from the moment that he, you know, decided he couldn't leave Ivar in the cold to his last words about being ruthless. I mean, to me, that says that he has essentially made Ivar his successor, even though he probably has no idea of Lagatha taking over Kattegat. I can't help but feel that um, perhaps if Bjorn didn't have his own ambitions about the Mediterranean, then Ragnar might have chosen him. But Ragnar, like all of us, um, he sees the unpredictability in Ivar, the capability for deception. And even as he's pulling his greatest deception on Eckbert, he gets fooled by his own son, right? Like I mentioned before. And that was a brilliant way to tell us that, that Ragnar's time had passed and Ivar's had begun. And really, the one scene that really got me was after all of that conversation and Ivar is being, you know, carted away um, on the wagon and that shot of Ragnar just looking out the window so intensely to make sure that Ivar gets away um, unharmed. Um, that was just beautifully claustrophobically shot and um, brilliantly acted by Travis with, again, without even saying a word. The guy's so good with his, just his expressions. And there were a couple of touching moments, like I mentioned before, with the, with the, uh, the band, with uh, Ragnar and Ivar. But one of the more touching moments was also about the Athelstan's cross. I mean, it was that was kind of a nice last tribute to Athelstan. You know, he'd said that Athelstan's death was on his conscience, but to give that cross to Alfred, even though his admission about Athelstan, you know, choosing Eckbert's God, I think that was just as much about sealing the deception, uh, even if it was a truth. But at any rate, I, I thought that that was a great scene. And of course, Alfred saying, I shall never forget you was another way to tell us that Ragnar's legend will become what we know it is in our, its present day. And of course, one of the more interesting scenes, as Shanna mentioned earlier in the episode, one of the more interesting scenes was, of course, in the travels to Ayla's lands with the cart driver. He was the blind man who saw Ragnar. I mean, the prophecy about Ragnar's death was fulfilled. And, of course, you have the conversation or a hallucination of a conversation with the seer. I'm, I'm still not exactly sure how to interpret um, whether maybe the seer was somehow telepathically being there with Ragnar or if it was all in Ragnar's mind. Because, really, essentially, the seer uh, basically told him what he wanted to hear, Right. But the, the stunning moment is that the prophecy does come true, or at least so to speak, despite the seer admitting to being wrong. The whole thing was just kind of enigmatic enough to really keep your interest peak and to make you ask questions. But the end result is the question that you have to ask. We know Ragnar believed that he decided his own fate. But did he? I mean, Ragnar, I guess in the simplest terms, he's kind of become a pro-human choice or at least anti-fate 
put it that way. But you could still say that everything actually unfolded the way the seer said it would. And the line that most intrigued me from the seer was the one about crawling amongst the lowest of the dead in search of answers. And maybe I was wrong. I, I don't know what that means. I, I'm not sure that I ever will. But if you all can explain um, that whole scene to me in a better way than I'm trying to wrap my head around it, then feel free to contact me. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, I actually have just a couple more notes regarding the seer that I, I kind of want to put out there. The seer has this very pronounced right side of his face. His right eye seems to have been grown over or is missing. And there's two comparisons that I want to make to that. One is that Ragnar's final shots, of course, after he's beaten and everything, he's got that severely swollen right eye socket to the point where it almost seems permanently shut. Is that a coincidence? Well, maybe. But there's another comparison of that same feature on the seer. And as I said, it looks like it's grown over or missing. The eye is grown over or missing on the seer. And we have that new gentleman coming on the boat who is missing his right eye. And it seems like something is, you know, there's no eye there. I mean, is that a coincidence? Isn't it kind of strange that all three of these characters ultimately share a very similar feature to the exact same eye, the right eye? I mean, I don't know what that means. It just weirds me out a whole lot. So uh, if you have any thoughts about that, um, let me know. Or maybe the uh, makeup, maybe the makeup artist is only good at doing one side of the face. Maybe that's it. No? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just found that odd. Three characters all having the same feature in the same episode. Uh, that seemed really weird to me. And then you have Ayla and his trials. And man, it's so amazing how Travis can actually make you like a guy like Ragnar, who in many instances was a completely horrible person. And yet uh, this actor, Ivan K can make you absolutely hate a guy like Ayla, who I think most Christians would probably have seen as a hero for their God. I mean, so in that respect, you just have to credit both of these guys for their intensity and, and these very, very uncomfortable scenes between the two of them. And, and the horrific things that they did to Ragnar. I mean, it was just horrible to watch him suffering through the fires and not being able to flinch because he had to be like a Viking ready to go to Valhalla. And even if it was in his own mind, it was an act. He still had to do it. And he had to get beaten within an inch of his life and still not atone for anything. And the only thing that even made that halfway okay was to get you know, the frustration on Ayla's face made you feel like that Ragnar had accomplished something because otherwise he was just getting just killed slowly. And uh, of course, the, everything about his death was was fantastic. His speech and, um, you know, the fact that he went back into the cage after Ayla had beat him so much and even Ayla's prayer and, and seeing his just dogmatic, absolute, feeling of being right um, to justify what he was about to do to Ragnar. Uh, Just everything about all of that was just uh, beautifully sad and horrific and everything it was supposed to be. Um, But the thing that gave everything the humanity and the touches and really will make us miss Ragnar was those little fleeting moments that we saw Ragnar remembering, like almost kind of like his life passing um, in front of his eyes and during his last days, all of those little flashbacks, um, that stuff just really made it emotionally impactful. You can see what was important to Ragnar as he was facing death. And that's just kind of the right moments that really defined Ragnar to himself and to us as viewers. It just all culminated in, in a perfect and really painful long goodbye for a true Viking king. Um, and so, uh, Travis, thank you for uh, four and a half great years, four and a half great seasons of uh, acting 
and and making us like again uh sometimes like or at least appreciate as human a character who probably was actually probably historically pretty horrific um so amazing um well done in a saga style and uh travis is what made it all real and the writing of michael hurst of course um we're gonna miss ragnar around here for sure and I guess that brings me to my rating. I know it seems morbid, but this is truly one of the best Ragnar episodes ever in my mind. Um, it was beautifully shot and acted by everybody. It was emotional. It was surprising. It just had everything that I require in basically a perfect episode of television. So I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Um, I'll never get a chance to give Ragnar a 10 ever again. So I'm not going to waste my opportunity. Uh, 10 out of 10, and we're going to get into trying to describe this episode in three words next. Three little words, oh what I'd give for that wonderful phrase, to hear those three little words. Three words, three little words to describe the episode or your feelings about the episode or thoughts about the episode. That's what we try to do every week over this uh, little jingle that's going on underneath. And uh, you can participate in these segments too. You can send an email to ragnarcast at gmail.com or you can call 314-669-1840 or you can tweet at ragnarcast and... We have uh, a lot, of, a, a few tweets here. This episode sparked some interest. We have, uh, first of all, from at Bridget Carey. That's our friend Bridget, who actually did leave a voicemail, as you heard earlier, but said uh, in this tweet, forgot to add my three words to my voicemail. Already miss him. Very good, Bridget. And we'll hear more voicemail from Bridget in a little while for some of the other segments. Um, our friend Robin at two fangirls, that's the number two fan and girls with the Z says, sadness, sadness, sadness. That's all I have right now. And then hashtag raid with Ragnar Lothbrook. Very good. Uh, our friend Christine at cute boys and 10 says, so sad, Matt. I'm not ready for this. My three words. Goodbye, King Ragnar. Travis was utterly mesmeric to watch. I rated it a 10. Very good. Thank you, Christine. I rated it a 10 as well. And our friend Shanna on Twitter, who is at xhanna91, says, I hate snakes. Very good. Very good. Uh, Our friend Kate, via email, sends this. Game-changer, unapologetic, Emmy. Very good. Um, and uh, I feel like uh, Travis's performance deserves an Emmy as well. I'm sure we're going to hear more from Kate about that in her email. And finally, via email, Sigan says, Hail Ragnar Lothbrook. I will dearly miss you, King Ragnar. Cannot thank Travis Fimmel enough for giving us this. Very good, Sigan. Now, my three words. Um, I really haven't been able to put my head around three words i came up with the frig of the week no problem i came i kind of bailed on the ragnarism because everybody took all of my choices i gotta think about the three words here um how about fate or not because i'm still questioning whether ragnar really took fate into his own hands or whether what happened was always meant to happen as told by the seer how about that So, those are my three words, and next week you can submit your three words as well, and we can submit other things like the Frig of the Week, that's the best coupling of the week, that's coming up next. For the way you look at me 
extraordinary he is even more than anyone that you adore can love is all that i can give to you frig of the week the norse word for bonding or marriage is frig and uh we just basically say the best coupling of the week and my frig of the week is ragnar and deception his talks in the last episode really made Eckbert convinced that Ragnar was his friend. And we saw that carried on through this episode. Uh, again, so much so that Eckbert disguised himself so that he could see Ragnar's kind of last stand, so to speak. And all the while, Ivar has been told to kill Eckbert. And uh, this week, we do see that it's all a ruse. Not only that his great speech at the end was a deception, um, not just to the people who witnessed it, but to deceive future generations of Vikings, uh, because Ragnar doesn't seem to really believe any of this. And we needs the Viking peoples who still believe in their gods fiercely. Um, they, they need a reason to be able to avenge him and to carry on the Viking way. And, uh, of course, uh, because Eckbert knew that secret, that Ragnar didn't really care all that much for the gods, any gods, um, he's got to die just for that, let alone um, the fact that he had destroyed the English settlement uh, that the Vikings had left behind a while back. How about uh, some of your frigs of the week? Our friend Shanna on Twitter, at xhanna91 says Ragnar and Ivar their goodbye scene was incredible and via email Sigin says Ragnar and Odin despite Ragnar denying his gods is it the third time mayhaps his gods still greet him he meets his physical death one eyed and fearless King Eckbert is also so very Odin-like in his cloak and beard coming to say farewell to his friend. And I also like the Jormungand Midgard serpent connection to the snakes in the pit. Well, at least I read it like that. Very good, Sigin. I like those thoughts a lot. And uh, we have Kate here who says, Ragnar and the snake pit. That's the best coupling. It was definitely the final coupling for Ragnar, that's for sure. And we have this voicemail from Bridget. Hi, this is Bridget. And um, as far as my freak of the week, I'm going to choose Ivar and Athelstan's son, Alfred. I'm thinking there's a future there, and I really hope so. I've never seen that look in Ivar's face as though a look of respect. I like that, Bridget. I would like to hope that there's uh, going to be some respect there. I, you could definitely read that in the way that, you know, he kind of acknowledged Alfred's move there. Um, and he looked pretty, you know, happy with uh, Alfred um, giving him the chess piece, or at least perplexed by it. Maybe that's the case. But nonetheless, uh, it could definitely turn out to be something in that regards. Or, like I said, you can also interpret the chess match itself to be some kind of metaphor for a foreshadowing of them fighting one another on the battlefield at some point. Will be very interesting to see. And that's it for the Frig of the Week. We've got your feedback next. This is Bridget, and I've got to say I am still in shock. Let me say right away, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Not because I enjoyed the episode, but just because I thought that they did it really well. Everyone did really well, showing a horrible, horrible thing. And I have some questions. What, what's the deal with the chess piece? Was that a pawn? Is that important? Who's the blind man and the, the man with one eye in the boat? I'm just so curious. I'm looking forward to hear what you have to say. I'm still in shock. 
Goodbye, Ragnar. I'm going to miss you. They did a wonderful job showing his demise as much as I hated it so very much. Happy New Year to you, Matt. Thank you so much for the podcast. Loving every minute of it. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, Bridget. Happy New Year to you as well. I appreciate you taking the time to call in. It's sometimes hard to make time during the holidays to even watch an episode of television, let alone uh, be able to comment on it. The chess piece, um, I'm trying to remember, it's the piece that Alfred took off the board when or captured that Ivar had moved previously, and it seemed like Ivar had moved it um, from more like the back way and in a diagonal fashion. I thought it was a bishop, but I'm not sure if that has any significance as to what the piece actually is. I think it was just a gesture of giving the chess piece. Um, it definitely had like a, a, a shield, though, and a spear. Maybe it was a pawn. Um, whatever it had, it had enough edges on it in order to cut Ivar's hand at the end when he was in Kattegat and found out about Aslog's death. Um, so that's pretty spooky. Uh, as I mentioned before, the blind man on the boat just don't know who he is yet. Um, the only thing that I could find similar was uh, his similarity in feature to the seer and the fact that uh, Ragnar, one eye closed, um, that... That was uh, that was pretty interesting to have uh, three characters with the same right side be all askew like that in the same episode again. Um, but I do know that whatever we find out about him this week, we're probably going to find more out about him through that Entertainment Weekly article. Look for it at EW.com after the episode airs. They probably won't spoil us too much. They never do that in Entertainment Weekly, but maybe they'll give us a little bit deeper information that'll help us understand him a little better if he seems confusing uh, later on. Thank you for the great thoughts, Bridget. Really appreciate them. And I agree with you. It was definitely worth a 10. It was definitely very sad. Um, the podcast's namesake has now left the show. But that's the way that that goes. Uh, like I said, I feel like Ragnar will still live on through all of the Vikings in one way or another. Let's move on to this email from Kate, who says, Emmy for Travis Fimmel, but let's not overlook the brilliant villainy of Ivan K as Ayla. Wow, he does make it easy to hate that guy. And young Ivar's revenge will be terrible. Worried for Lagatha. Yeah, I'm worried about Lagatha too although I you know she's pretty crafty maybe she can come to some kind of understanding with Ivar um just I you know he's unpredictable and angry but I'm banking on the unpredictable thing being that he lets her live somehow I'm just hoping that that's the case maybe he'll banish her um maybe that's the calamity for Kattegat is that she gets banished and all as a result of Ragnar returning. Maybe that's what that's about. Um, we'll just have to see. Uh, this email from Sigan, who says, It's very hard to rate this episode, but I give it a 10 out of 10, even though I didn't like the cuts between Ayla and Ragnar at the end. I wanted to see all Ragnar and just say goodbye to the character in peace without being disturbed by Ayla's prayers. But I'm still amazed over how well they handled his death. Looking forward to hearing the podcast. I think the last two podcasts have been so very good. And that's a lot, saying since it's already the best Vikings podcast out there. Oh, thank you, Sigan. But I guess your crackpot theory kind of went down the drain. Ha ha. Very good scene with the blind man and the seer. I shuddered when the blind man said, Don't worry. I can see you, Ragnar Lothbrook. I can see you. I have a hard time picturing Vikings without Ragnar, but despite that, I am eager to see what will play out now. Who is the one-eyed man in the boat, and how will revenge play out, both in Kattegat and in England? And will Bjorn get a bigger role? I hope so. Yeah, it's been, you know, a couple of episodes since we've really seen Bjorn, so it's time to get back to that storyline and see what he's doing, uh, if he's gotten to Spain yet or not, and what that means. 
Um, I just recently watched all four episodes of the Real Vikings thing, and, and they kind of gave a lowdown on Ivar and Bjorn and that. That's an interesting thing if you don't mind uh, kind of peeking into the window of, of what might happen on the show. It, it might You might consider it spoilery. Um, I think, Sigan, you're pretty familiar with the legend, so you probably already know uh Ivar and Bjorn and what we might see from them in the rest of the season but um thanks very much for sending in this email as far as my crackpot theory yeah I guess I don't know if the if the seer isn't actually real if he's just kind of like uh this guy that uh or this this spirit that can manifest itself physically somehow I mean is that what was happening I still don't understand this scene completely itself. Was it all in Ragnar's mind? If it was all in Ragnar's mind, then Ragnar could still be the seer in some way, whether he's dead or not. Uh, he's still down there in the pit, man. Ragnar Lothbrok can't die. Yeah, that's what Sigurd said. Ragnar Lothbrok can't die. Ragnar lives. Ragnar lives. Now, I think uh, my my crackpot theory did kind of go down the drain, but uh, I still had fun with it. And I might continue to try and throw uh, ways in there. I did find it interesting that all three guys, Ragnar and uh, and the Seer and this new blind guy, all have uh, the inability to see out of their right eye. Uh, Ragnar, of course, at the end of his life. And it seems like the Seer can't see anything because uh, I think he's blind in his left eye too. Uh, but he does have that very pronounced right eye. Uh, which made me think of the big swelling in Ragnar's right eye. I don't know. Maybe I should still hold on to my theory. I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you think? No? Okay. Well, uh, let me give you the poll results. We only had two vote getters this week. Naturally, they were high votes. Uh, 25% of you voted 9 out of 10 for this episode as your rating, and 75% of you, the highest vote getter, of course, got 10 out of 10 as the rating so very good thank you all so much for participating this week i appreciated all of the great feedback next week we're going to be covering season four episode 16's entitled crossings and if you have any thoughts about anything regarding my podcast or my thoughts or the show vikings feel free to send them to me here's all of my contact information and happy new year to you all take care Contact the podcast by emailing ragnarcast at gmail.com or by calling 314-669-1840. Tweet to the podcast at ragnarcast. Please leave the podcast a written review on your podcatcher and find all back episodes and other links at ragnarcast.wordpress.com.